Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we, uh, on Easter Sunday, we kicked off a series together um, that we have called Musical Chairs. And so with that concept, um, we've been looking at this idea that life isn't about uh, being a, a, this mad dash to just uh, take care of yourself. Uh, life is about resting in Christ. That is what life is about. We, remember, we were created in the garden without having to deal with figuring out what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear and what we're going to do and all those different things. Adam and Eve had a job to, to tend and to care for the garden, but they didn't do it out of a place of trying to meet their needs and worry. They were just operating out of a place of rest. Their rest was productive, but it was still a place of rest. And that's how we were built. We were built to thrive in resting in our relationship with God. When all is said and done, that is what this whole thing is about, is getting back to a place of resting in our relationship with God. And this concept of this, this musical chairs that we've been looking at, it's, it's that, that game. We all played it in elementary school, and, and so they would, the teacher would turn on the music, and they'd have chairs enough for everybody minus one. Somebody was going to be left out. Somebody was not going to have a place to rest when the music stopped. And the music would go, and everybody would walk in a circle, and the little routine would go, and everybody's waiting for the music to stop. And then at that point, you scramble, you find a place to, to, <clears throat> to, to rest. Man, you knock down your best friend. You push over anybody you have to, so you have a place to rest. Here's the problem is that was just round one. It, just because you found a place to rest doesn't mean you have a permanent place to rest. Then you stand up, they pull a chair out, the loser goes and pouts against the wall, and you all play again, and it starts all over again. And that's what life feels like. Even the wins that we find we know are not permanent wins. A lot of us walked into this time maybe feeling like, Life was good. Things were going in a certain direction. The certain parts of West Texas economy were stronger in January than they are right now. There are different things that felt like maybe things were going in a different direction and we had some wins and then all of a sudden it's like, man, the, the music stopped and I, I'm, I'm the one left, left standing with nothing and here's the truth. Is this, life is not about that thing. The enemy wants to get us in that that circle and chasing ourselves and trying to take care of ourselves when the whole time there's been a new place to rest. And it is what Christ has done. See, Matthew chapter 11, um, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. we got some things to learn, folks. There's some things we, our processes, the way we look at life, they're not they're not squared away. They're not right. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden, my burden is light. It's not this heaviness that we can feel that life gives us all the time. 
And Jesus understood that we, we, we've been chasing ourselves over and over again. We've been, we've been trying to find our own place to rest. And he says, come to me and I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you the rest. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's writing to a, a group of believers in Ephesus and, and coaching them in their relationship with God. These are people who already have a relationship with God. They understand who Jesus is. And, and Paul's writing this letter to encourage that the, the, the believers in this city on what they need to do to, to move forward in their relationship with God. And, and in, chapter, in chapter 1, verse 13, he says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. See, folks, we were included in Christ when we heard the word of truth. When we embraced the word of truth, we were included in Christ. See, most religion, most religion thinks that, that, uh, um, that the whole point of religion is to understand that there's a point of us as individuals where we're empty. And the point of religion is to go and to, to find the spout where the blessings come out. That that's the whole point of religion, is to go find and go find God, get positioned just right so he can pour a little something into you. But see, God knew that that's, that's this endless chase, this endless thing. It's a whole new kind of religious musical chairs. And that's not what God has done. God in Christ has done something brand new, something completely different. See, he didn't say, all right, we've got a new spout where the blessings come out. Come over here where Jesus is. No, he says, all right, now we've got something brand new. We, I want you to be in me. But now I am in Christ. Not only are my chains broken, I'm in the chain breaker. Not only am I the one that is set free, I am in the one that is freedom itself. I am not only healed, I am in the healer. I'm, I, am, I have received everything that I need. The blessings are included because it's in the source. And now I live, my existence is in the source. This is what it looks like to be in Christ. Christ in me and me in Christ. That is the picture of what he is wanting us to to understand that we're to grow in this. See, understanding our position in Christ, it completely determines how we interact with God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, every time you try to point to me, you can't help but point to Jesus. Every time I want to find me, I have to first look to Jesus. If I want to see what's going on with me, I've got to look and first see Jesus. That is what we're called to. He says, he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. You're not going to find me apart from Jesus. There's not going to be this independent thing over here that all of a sudden there's this independent thing that now there's something going on with Jesus and it doesn't include me. That's not happening. Everything happening with Jesus includes me when I am in Christ. That is what this life in Christ is about. It says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith 
in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. So now if I have need all of a sudden coming at me, I recognize that it has to come to Jesus first. If I stay in Christ, and guess what? He's the provider. So guess what happens when a need shows up at a provider? It gets provided for. Guess what happens when sickness shows up at a healer? It gets healed. Guess what happens when, when, when foolishness and indecision and complexity shows up at wisdom itself? It gets understood. That we have to stay in our place in Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verse 26 is, I'm writing these things to you about, <clears throat> about those who are trying to lead you astray. There is this pressure that comes ultimately from the enemy. The enemy has people who will be duped into going into error and, and getting things off. And there'll be those who try to lead us astray as Christ followers will try to tell us this isn't where life is really found and it's trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you, but the anointing teaches you about all things and that as you, as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Folks, we have, to be, we have to be taught. We have to learn from him. Because our normal way our thinking may go doesn't align up with who we really are. Earlier in the school year, back when the kids were actually getting the opportunity to go to school, um, I was the one who typically takes the, the little girls to school and drop them off at school. And they go to school at the same school, have kindergarten or second grader. And so this one particular day, um, the oldest one, Colin, um, the second grader, uh, she did not feel good and so was running a little bit of a fever. And so we had to keep her home and Pressy, for the first time in her little kindergarten age life, had to go to school and get in the car and go to school by herself. She had always gone to school with older sister, riding shotgun, riding with her, just a couple of doors down, and she has to go, and, and Colin gets to stay. Well, guess what? Colin's not feeling good, but she's got the TV on. We know, my generation, we watch Prices Right. We used to watch the Prices Right when we stayed home from school. Bob Barker was our buddy. And so, and but... That with the, the little ones, they're watching Disney Plus and all that fun stuff. We just had to watch what was on TV. We didn't get to choose. That's why we watched Price is Right. Nobody would have done that on purpose. And so, the, uh, so Colin is, has the TV on and says bye to Pressy, and Pressy's going to school. And we don't get all the way down our street. And Pressy tells me, she says, Dad, my brain is telling me that um, you love, that y'all love Colin more because she gets to stay home and I have to go to school. I said, your brain is telling you that? She said, oh yeah, it's not me, it's not me. It's my brain, my brain is saying it. And, and she began to tell me, she knows it's not right, but her brain just keeps telling her we love Colin more because we're, we're shipping her off to school and Colin gets the easy life at home. And then she, and I said, well, Pressy, your, your brain isn't, isn't telling you the right thing there. We love you just the same. And she says, I know. Sometimes I just want to punch my brain. 
And I was like, Pressy, I feel it. Girl, I feel your pain. Sometimes I want to punch my brain too because it will try to carry me in places that aren't healthy, aren't right, aren't life-giving, don't line up with the truth. They just don't. And that's why our minds need to be renewed. We need to learn. We need the anointing that we have received from him to teach us. It needs to teach us so that we will remain in him. That we, so we can remain in him. Now, this is what this looks like. We've got to remain in Christ. Because sometimes we can say, okay, I'm so thankful for what God has done for me. I'm so thankful that now, that now I, but you know what, God? Um, I think I've kind of got it from here. I appreciate the salvation. I appreciate your, your blessings. And you know what? And I'm convinced that Jesus is in me and he is not going to depart from me. And you know what? You're still full of Jesus. You begin to not remain in him and Christ is not abandoning you. You don't have a bunch of holes in there, and as soon as you don't look to him, he says, forget you, I'm done with you. No, he's still with you. He's still with you. But the truth is, it says, okay, just like I am remaining in you, you need to remain in me. You need to remain right here with me. Understand that we don't stay in him so that we will stay full, we'll stay in him, because that's where all the life is. Every time we try to do something outside of him, that's why Paul says, the life I now live in the body, I live in faith in Christ. That is what this is 100% is about. Last week we talked about uh, learning to sit and be still before God. The, so when you're training a dog, training an, uh, an animal, the first thing you have to do is teach him to sit. But then once he learns to sit, then he learns to stay. And sometimes stay is harder than sit. Sit you can accomplish in a moment. Sit you can say, all right, I relaxed, I sit here, all right, great, I've done, I've, hit, I've done my sit quotient. But stay is harder. Because what happens when stay comes in contact with squirrel? All of a sudden, now dog sees squirrel, it's like, ah, I don't want to stay anymore. There's a treat over there. I don't want to stay anymore. There's something I think is better, but master has said to stay. Once we have learned to understand our position, to sit, we need to learn to stay. Stay in him. Remain in him. John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, I must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This is where life is, is remaining in him. And then as, as Christ followers, as, as, as people who are, are confused and they come to us and we remain in him, guess what? When they have a little contact with us, what are they getting? They're not getting us. They're getting the source. They're getting the living water. And then they finally said, oh, man, there's something to that. And then they join us. And they begin to live in Christ as well. So right quick, as we're wrapping this up this morning, I want us to, to look at some scriptures to see what it means to, to help us to, to stay. This isn't exhaustive, but this will help us to remain and to stay in Christ. And the first thing you need to do is, is you need to, to fill yourself with the words of Jesus. Fill yourself with those words. We need, Jesus is the word that has become flesh. 
John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Now, this isn't this genie in a bottle thing. Remain in me and I'll remain in you and then I'll give you unlimited wishes. No, the reason we can ask whatever we wish is because we understand what lines up with his will. We're remaining in his word. His word is his will. So many times we're trying to pray and get God to move on our behalf and we don't even know what his will is. There's no, God's not gonna answer a prayer request that's outside of his will. You can't pray that God will make something bad happen to your boss because they frustrate you or they furloughed you or whatever. God's not a murderer. He's not a murderer for hire. You can't pray that prayer and he's gonna, he's gonna answer that. We have to make sure we pray it with his will. And as we understand and we fill ourselves with his words, then we can begin to interact and begin to do and have the life we're supposed to. The next thing we need to do is to consider yourself alive in Christ. Consider, decide that you are alive in Christ. Romans 6.11 says, And you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You're like, sometimes I don't feel very alive in Christ Jesus. Well, guess what? There is a growing process. There's a growing process, and we have to stay with it. As Americans, we understand this, and you understand it more than you even know. We're all excited because at some point we're believing that the summer is going to be able, this is going to be done, and we're all hoping that certainly July 4th is going to show up, and we're going to have a barbecue. You're going to have the biggest family gatherings, biggest barbecues you've ever seen in your life, and so, and celebrating July 4th. Well, guess what? July 4th, 1776, we all celebrate that day as America's independence. Well, guess what? Um, if you asked England um, who was the one who we were declaring our independence from, they would say on July 4, 1776, nothing happened but a bunch of rebels signed the document and that every bit of that soil still belonged to England. See, it wasn't officially American soil and that the oppressor, the, the, that England relinquished their authority over it until October the 19th, 1781. All of these years later, five years later, then that's when the battle was won. But we considered ourselves Americans the day we decided we were free. There was a five-year battle till freedom was finally relinquished. But we decided that we were free on July 4th, 1776, and that's the date we celebrate. We celebrate the date as Americans, the day we chose to be free. Not the day that the finally, the, the last oppressor walked away. You cannot say, well, guess what? Well, I'm still in the middle of a battle. It must not be the truth. No, you need to say, no, I made a decision. Christ has given it to me, and I'm standing on that. And guess what? That footnote of October the 19th, 1781, will eventually come. Cornwallis will finally get out with his troops. But you know what? We are free the day we choose to be free. Consider yourself in Christ. Be active in sharing your faith. Philemon 1.6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. You want to prime the pump? You want to prime the pump on this thing? You start telling people about what 
what Christ has done for you. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to discover, oh man, there's some more life over here. There's some more. This thing's bigger than I even knew as I began to talk about what Christ has done for me. So many times we have, we are not discovering new things because we're not sharing about what God has done. As we begin to share with others what he's done, guess what? There's a place where we begin to discover the depths that it goes even further and further. Next thing is to to live to do the things Jesus did. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We are going to pursue kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Why? Because we live in kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. We're in Christ. So you want to continue to remain in Christ? Do the things that we find in Christ. John 15, 12 says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. We do what he's done, and he helps us to remain in him and remembering who we are and what we have in him. And then remember the prize, that there, there's a place, that there is a, a place of blessing. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There is this beauty that, that not only have we received everything we need in Christ, there is still more to come in Christ. Isn't that amazing? We receive everything we need, but there's still more to come. It is this, that is that exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That is life and life more abundantly. And so that is what we need to do. And remember, there is a prize. Whatever you think you understand in Christ, there's more. We never reach the end. This thing, we just keep growing. We just keep stepping in. There's more. That's why we continue together and to simply Know God better and trust him more because it just gets better and sweeter and more amazing as we get because all of our previous stuff seasons the next season of our life. It is absolutely amazing. And then the last thing is, is put no confidence in the flesh. Put no confidence in the flesh. We don't ever go, man, you know what? I've been doing this for a while. I've got this. Putting confidence in the flesh looks like this. Like, I am so full of Jesus, you know what? Then I, I'm, I'm probably going to be all right over here. That that is putting confidence in the flesh. That now, all of a sudden, this little thing, my own little glass, my own little container is going to be all right. Nope, we put no confidence in the flesh. We stay completely connected in Christ. Philippians 3 theory says, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. We stay strong, we stay in him, we remain in him when we understand that it's about Jesus from first to last. We don't come to him so we can get a little bit of the, 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 the glory, a little blessings, the spout where the blessings come out. We come to him because he's invited us to live in him, to live and move and have our being in him. That is what we have been invited to do. Our bottom line is this, the win is being in. The win is being in. That's where it all is. 
and we and he has put us in. We just remain there. Just enjoy it. Grow in it. See, resting in Jesus is where all life's wins are found. All life's wins are found. And so you're able to embrace that by just understanding that God was in Christ reconciling you to himself, not counting your sins against you. And so right now, wherever you're at, I'm going to loan you some words. And if you want to make this time your own, it says that you were placed in Christ when you heard the word of truth and you believe that word of truth, you're placed in Christ. So let's just embrace that right now. Let's embrace that. I'm going to loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you gave me everything I need when you gave me Jesus. That Jesus' death covers my death. And Jesus' life gives me life. Today I am yours. And you are mine. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out. I thank you for who you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.